Hi, everybody. I'm Dale Sparagi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving especially post-COVID, post-digital, post-MeToo, and sadly to say, post-no-row versus Wade. On this episode of the New Wave Relationships Podcast, Episode 5, A COVID Conversation on Boundaries, we will be discussing boundaries in COVID-19. How did your relationships change from the pandemic? How have our relationships changed from pre- and post-COVID? How has COVID changed the way we relate to the world around us today? To kick us off, we will be starting with a question from one of our viewers relating to this episode's topic. So, here we are. Episode, is this five? Wow. Episode five, a COVID conversation. So, Mm -hmm. It's so good to see you. It's been, you know, it's been a little while. How are yeah, you? <laughs> How's life? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's, you know, Dale and I talk like throughout the week on and on, but when we actually get to sit down, it's nice because then we get to do the good work and the good stuff and get to talk. So it's good to see you too. Um, yeah, I am okay. My body's a little sore. Um, just from my shibari class and like my muscles are tired and just a little tired but also like doing really well and um, yeah I got my kombucha it's like really nice out today Um, and yeah it's it's a beautiful day and it's weird because it was so cold yesterday wasn't it yeah it was cold and it's been dreary and very gray in Montero so I'm, I'm just so happy to see the sun too really happy mm-hmm. yeah because we live in the same town we do <laughs> which is funny yeah. um yeah and then also you know like um my relationships in my life have been like real smooth and like really good too so mm-hmm. like that's been nice and that's not always the case and I'm not saying it's bad either mm-hmm. um or it's like all perfect but like lately I've been feeling like really like pretty clear and mm-hmm. like able to kind of maneuver with one of my partners in a good way and like that's felt really nice so that's good and our last episode episode four with doing the coaching stuff with Catherine Woodred Thomas um was super helpful I think for that part of me right now yeah yeah um that's interesting that you're bringing that up because I had some stuff over the weekend and um kind of had a trigger and I've been working with um this younger part of me that's come up from the trigger so that it's been interesting you know a little tender a little tender around the heart and um realizing that there's this younger part and then there's like this older a little older part like this teenager part that's kind of this tough like I'm going to protect this tender little six-year-old. So these two parts have been very up for me 
um, since the weekend. So mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I hear that too. Um, with, you know, one of my partners, it's been like, you know, just sometimes I'll get anxieties and my first impulse of my anxious attachmentness is overshare. And, you know, I've done a lot of work with my therapist to really like practice not oversharing, not because like, you know, like that that's a problem, but because of, you know, not that it, it itself is a problem. It's where it comes from for me. Mm -hmm. Oversharing is like creating security for myself that like, if I tell them everything, then like, it's going to be fine and they're not going to leave me. But like, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting because part of the, 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 the little six-year-old is I realized how I had to fight for attention when I was little, like really fight hard and most often did not get it. So mm. then kind of went into this little like shell sort of. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's interesting because the, that, that teenager was that, that protection, you know, like when I was alone and not getting attention, that older part of me kind of stepped in mm -hmm. this, over these last couple of days. So I could see these two parts really. Um, and, and was the, was the older one you feeling, you said it was kind of more on the aggressive side Was what was the, and I'm just curious if you're willing to share, yeah. um, was it kind of bringing out something or was it like what was the action that the older one was taking was it to bring forward the younger one or was it to fight for well the the trigger was there was a little there's a little disappointment um I won't go into the details around that but you know of course disappointment always brings up our you know my it does for me anyways but mm -hmm. so the so the younger part was was hurt but the older teenager was like I don't care you know, I, I do not care. I'm just going to do what I want. And, I, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't need anybody. And, you know, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know that one too. I think I, I, that, that one's a good one. That one's funny. Um, I think we all do that a little bit, you know, the collective we, because as a polyamorous person, and this hasn't happened in a while, but you know, sometimes if there's like a jealous moment and it comes up instead of like remembering to take breath and like think about that feeling and what that's about, sometimes you'd be like, oh, no, I don't care about that partner. Like, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm not jealous at all. Like, and then you're like, oh, wait, that's we be. That's what jealous sounds like. Oh, OK. Right. Like, I don't need you anyways. You know, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so that, like, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the, you know, kind of like angry teenager yeah I feel that it's that uh Aries moon I guess my bad I won't bring it up because <laughs> the Aries moon oh gosh yeah tell me about the Aries moon I maybe that's where my my whole thing came from I don't know I'm, well I'm just I'm not an astrology pro I'll tell you that but like you know Aries is just like a strong fiery goat strong fire goat you know that will 
make you feel a little hot headed as it were, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of stubborn, I think too, is kind of goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, and that's at least just what I heard from it. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, maybe okay. there's some of that in the air, you know, Could be. okay. Well, let's hope that calms down by this weekend. Cause yeah. <laughs> I need to chill. <laughs> this this teenager is giving me a run for my money. So I just need to I need to be really chill. So let's hope that Aries moon is like calm. You know. Well, the full it is going away. Yeah, the full moon it was a while ago. So we're good. Yeah. Good. Anyway, um, yeah. So thanks for I'm glad we checked in. That was good. Um, but we actually want to start this um COVID conversation um episode also about boundaries mm-hmm. um you know with a question we had from one of our viewers um and sophia asked about um how did covid-19 affect the pace of relationships did it make them slower faster did they say the same um so i don't know dale if you noticed anything in your work that you can discuss or bring up about like the pace of them Wow. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's interesting, because I could see, you know, in my clients that were dating, I could kind of see like two um, different directions. One was like, okay, well, there's the end of my dating life, you know, I'm done, that it's over. And then there was another, which which got creative, which was like, okay, I'm online now. And um, Last week, I, I, we had wine and we made dinner together on Zoom. And I mean, so there were like, it, it was kind of interesting. And, and one thing that was across the board was t- people, the serious people that are really looking for partners and relationships sort of rose to the, to the top, right? I mean, if you, were, if you wanted to just hook up, that, forget it. That wasn't happening during COVID because people weren't leaving their houses. So, and it was the risk, the risk involved with like seeing a rando. So if you were in that category where you were really looking for like, you know, some serious partnership, not just hooking up or not, you know, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that those people were really, were kind of thriving during COVID. And um, yeah, I mean, people were meeting people. And um, that's when I met my partner at the end, at the, at the end of it, you know, we were lockdown was over. Um, You know, so I think COVID now we're talking about like these different sections of COVID, you know, the, the, the part that is really rises for me was the lockdown part because, you know, living alone in Montero, I was just, I mean, desperately lonely. I mean, oh my god, yeah, really, really tough. There were some yeah. tough times. So, um, yeah, but so that so the so the pace really varied. I think I would love to yeah. like in your experience. Um, what did you yeah. notice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also relate to. Montero is a very small town to anyone who doesn't know it. So. You know, and we do, you know, for all the small towns in the world, like it's not the smallest, but it's definitely not a big one either. So when COVID happened out here, 
it was very unique. It felt, you know, very unique to me. Everyone had a unique situation with it. But, you know, I've always had like a double life as like being in the city and like being on a ranch. So suddenly that's like cut in half of like, you are on the ranch. Like you're not going back to school, um, you know, like um, during, cause I was, it happened to me during college, half of my, about all of my, actually my psychology program itself from SF state was on online, which was very difficult um, for me in a way, because not because I didn't understand the reasons and the precautions we did have to take, right. um, in my opinion, but because of just like how much I love to learn and like how, you know, online classes are just like draining and depressing and hard on your body. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you how I noticed, like, I felt like my eyesight was worse, like things like that. And like really trying to, after a while, I like had to invest in like a really good uh, monitor that was risen and like, um, you know, like red light and like blue light glasses and all kinds of stuff like that, just because it was like really hard on my body. But that's not the pace. Um, That was just more me sharing about it. But I really felt like for me, it, I guess it's hard. It, it, I think it, it's a little hard for me to think about pace um, in relation to myself because I am, when I think of COVID for myself and dating as a polyamorous person, it was almost like time kind of stopped for me in general when COVID happened also. Like I was really having to make sure as a polyamorous person, an monogamous person that like every person I saw was like vaccinated mm-hmm. um, and was like taking precautions that agreed with the precautions of another person. So to me, it wasn't as much about pace. I was more focused on the, the multiple pieces, but I, it really depends, I think on like each person. I do think if there was a pace, I would be a lot quicker to figure it would I would be a lot faster in figuring out like if someone was a yes or a no for me right because that would felt a lot more important because life felt a lot more um Uh precious all of a sudden that's a great point and and that brings to mind you know I could feel that with myself dating during COVID that yeah there was like this is there's no time to waste to you know kind of like play around well oh know maybe you know let's see let's have another date it's like I was very clear with myself this guy's a yes this guy's a no you know and 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 that was helpful in some ways it it gave me clarity and I think the other thing around pace what really what speaks loudly to me right now is depth it felt like the depth of where people were going was just in exponentially increased and it's still at least for myself feels that way about I agree I like agree. I um and I've told this to you before um you know I was born in 99 so I don't do not remember 911 and this felt you know some people are like oh yeah like 
this reminded me a lot of 9-11 or reminded me a lot of like this war or reminded me a lot of like these collective world traumas. Yeah. Um, and this one in particular was kind of my first like world trauma. And, um, you know, we can go more into that whenever, but like just experiencing that was such a lift under my um, feet as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that, I suddenly felt like the the world was right a lot more precious. And so, yeah, I, the, the depth definitely increased in my relationships to where still today, like I'm very like much more present. Um, at least I try to be and almost it's shifted from like, I used to go to school all the time and just be like, okay, like in like five years, I'll do this. 10 years, I'll do that. Even though I knew climate change is real and I still know that, but it, it's a lot realer than it's ever been. Yeah. Time, so, time became very precious. It really did. And um, yeah, the sense of doing it now and your what you said about you know life being so precious really yeah mm-hmm. definitely and 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 this and this depth that um you kind of got you know you picked your few people and then you went deep with them because they they were your people and there wasn't all the distractions you know like i used to go to the gym and you know shopping and it was so easy to just sort of check out and not not really, you know, deal with m- what might have been coming up for me to deal with. Like just, oh, you know, just kind of ignore that. Like that's just a feeling, no big deal. But I couldn't do that anymore. You know, when it, when I was alone for so for so many, you know, months and date weeks and days, I had to look at my stuff that was coming up. I didn't have the distractions of running around and being busy anymore. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, I mean, that, that can be very good to go into all of that stuff. And then, you know, it's healthy to, to have other people to think about, you know, to kind of be over there with them and in, in their empathizing with them and not so much focusing on yourself so so that's a mixed bag yeah I I relate to that as an extrovert person where you know definitely the shutdown was really hard as an extrovert um but also as an extroverted person you know I'm out a lot so I don't see my family so a plus was I got um you know kind of in better closeness with my family and that was like really cool for me and um it became more cohesive for sure um Mm -hmm. just because because just just because because (laughs) well because we were around each other a lot more so that was like a simple a simple good part um and there were also moments in my introversion where I became more um you know self-knowledgeable and self-practicing and you know, um, just like self-caring and curious and just playful. Um, and that was good, you know? Um, but yeah, that was like really simple. It was, it was simple for me in that way, but to the question of the pace too, Mm -hmm. the idea that it can be slower or faster kind of 
I think brings up this like duality that can happen where where some people in crisis can like you know really speed things forward and like move one way and like do a certain thing where other people can just totally like stagnate and um move in a different way you know I think people react to it very differently totally and and I think some people are still traumatized and affected by everything that happened during COVID very differently some people are still like really really nervous systemed out and Mm. we all are to different degrees and then some people are just like you know the world's ending but it shoes them to the other direction where you know they're maskless and they you know they just don't care at all so you know um to whatever extent that is so I think it's interesting where people go you know in their their life pace not even just their relationships but just their anxiety well and what you're also speaking to is this kind of polarization that you know is on so many levels and layers right now you know in our country you know with the parties being polarized and you know I noticed with couples like in the um, conscious uncoupling some couples were just, you know, bonding and getting closer and it was beautiful. Yeah. But my practice, my conscious uncoupling practice was busy. There were a lot of couples that were, were you know, like the individual stuff that we had to look at. Couples had to look at their stuff. And a lot of couples were finally seeing that they couldn't run anymore either. They couldn't use their work or their gym practice, you know, whatever, to to get away from what was really um, the issues in their relationship. And, um, you know, unfortunately, many couples didn't make it through this, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, it, I think it brought things to a head in a lot of ways. It, it, it had us look at things that we were that we were easily distracted from and could dismiss. And we could not do that anymore. It wasn't possible. It was definitely a collective threshold in multiple areas. It was a body threshold. Like, can our bodies handle this? Can our minds handle this? Can our anxiety? How about your nervous system? How about, of course, the new relationships for sure. Because also you had people who like, you know, we were all right, like just assaulted with information a lot. Mm-hmm. and there was you know the whole it, it was just like you know it was a panic it, there was so much panic and stress and confusion about you know what was what with you know like just like the vaccine scare like you know it, it became yeah. such a mess that I think that was also very like traumatic um, for any single person so I could imagine for any couple mm-hmm. like trying to you know just know like at least for me like what's true and what's not and I feel confident in that now but at the time it is still it was still like oh my gosh like are we gonna take this are we taking a vaccine okay we're taking it cool we're gonna do it okay it's cool it feels cool to me cool um you know and that that was definitely like just a crazy experience for me um so and yeah I I mean well, the other thing with the couples, you know, people who were in kind of small quarters and now they were, you know, they were not going to work. They were working, both working at home. Um, so this is, you know, where the boundaries things come comes up. You know, many people 
um, don't understand how to do that, you know, how to create that, that boundary. And, 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 and with COVID, it became not only a physical, I mean, yes, of course, in a small apartment, you know, it's physical, but more than that, bigger is the emotional, the psychic boundaries, you know, those are, are, um, they, they, they all need to be, un, you know, create understood and created. So I think people had a hard time with that. Like you're kind of bringing up like, um, being in relation with people around you with kind of consented boundaries or no, or unconsented boundaries or no clue about boundaries. What are boundaries? Right. We don't know what boundaries are because we've been living our lives sort of separately on our own schedules, kind of passing in the night, which is a boundary, but it's not a conscious boundary. Or, you know, yeah, maybe you do know about boundaries and, you know, you're very clear and you're creating them together, which is a highly sophisticated relational skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that one. I like doing those. Those Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like, so just let's start by just, you know, defining what a boundary is because we hear it's the words thrown around a lot, but what does it actually mean? It means, you know, what is okay and what is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then, you know, that's step one. The second step is connect being connected enough to know what that is, Mm -hmm. you know? like really being um, in your, with yourself deeply to understand what really is okay with me and what isn't okay. Yeah. I think um, that's like, it's, it's amazing how like boundary comes off, I think as like, and maybe it's because of my own disposition of my archetype of person. But I think that boundary can come up as such like an aggressive thing that like we don't deserve to have boundaries. And maybe that's like having a female body, you know, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't deserve to have boundaries. That makes me seem aggressive. Like it's a problem to have them, you know, that comes up in my mind. And I know that that's not true. But when you bring it up in a way that's like, no, it's saying like, what's okay for you and what's not that really reminds me of like, what you consent to and what you don't consent to. Absolutely. And I also think that during COVID, you know, maybe some of us were just floating along and everything was okay pre COVID. And then during, suddenly, we kind of had to have them, you know, at least if you're like, you know, not to say who is or who isn't, but like, if you're like conscious, uh, if you're conscious of like what's happening in our society, if you do or do not have boundaries, that will inevitably affect like yourself, your family, your loved ones, and like people around you in ways like that you cannot control unless you control yourself and what you do with your time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they are a must. I mean, we can't exist without them. And, you know, they're, and, and they're there, whether we want like them, you know, whether we create them or not. So they're either unconsciously there, or we're actually creating them. But, 
you know, when I, the other thing that makes me that that kind of comes to mind when I think of boundaries is like the Me Too movement. You know, I mean, that's a lot about, you know, compliance. It's a lot about, you know, not having the voice to speak the boundary or not having, not even feeling entitled, like healthy entitlement to create a boundary. Like this is my body. It's Mm -hmm. mine, not anybody else's. But for some reason, our culture, you know, has this, like, you know, there's, there's this thing with entitlement. And, you know, that's not really our conversation today. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get off on that track. But we because we could because we could guys. So we're not going to go. We're not going to. But our skin, our bodies, that's, you know, like the most obvious boundary. Right. Mm-hmm. How close can you come to me? How yeah. how is it okay for you to be, you know, like right in my face? You know, it Yeah. There's also yeah, and that's making me think of like the the boundary of our minds too, you know, like how people treat us, you know, how people talk to us, how mm-hmm. people um, you know, act in our spaces, you know, yeah. whether that's passive aggression or manipulation, like that's another level too right like there's so many levels of boundaries are multi-layered and they are i hear that and i think our collectively our boundaries were really really tested um which was also a good thing i think you know i think it may have pushed some people who like really you know could have been maybe self-protective a bit you know um and like i think for some people who are shy maybe it could make them totally isolate. But I think for some friends of mine, I saw them actually like have stronger boundaries, you know, like very like I'm doing this thing and like, this is what I want to do because, you know, they're like, if like, this is kind of like my only chance just by the preciousness of life that's happened, you know? Yes. So it's, it's definitely different for everyone. Um, it, it totally is different. And, you know, I even think of like hugging, you know, hugging with yeah. something that- people didn't really think much about. Um, but that, but there, but you know, that that's, there's boundaries around hugging. There could be, I mean, you know, you, not everyone wants to be hugged all the time, but some people this don't know is, that. Well, this is also like a generational difference. I think, I think this is the ding, ding, ding. This is a big difference yeah, in like, and also like, right. <laughs> um, so also like where we live, like this, these ideas of like consent and boundaries I also think is like this depends like where you live too Mm -hmm. we're in California like a lot of this is like a lot more known here um I think that like a lot of consent stuff it does come from the kink community the BDSM community um because it's very important in that community so that is more in like liberal communities or neoliberal or democratic, whatever. Right. So we're more familiar in our area with like those type of practices. If I'm at any party, like generally if someone like, you know, I'll introduce myself to like, hi, I'm Sunny. I'm going to put my hand out. They'd be like, Oh, I'm a hugger. Do you hug? Can I hug? Right. And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll give them a hug. Um, Or I will ask to hug. And um, that is totally like, 
totally a thing that happens with my group that like if someone like came up and like grab hugged you like that would be seen as like oh like that's weird I've I've heard stories from people in like groups of people I'm with where it's like they've seen people like give someone a massage or like you know like um Touch just that. like be handsy in like some way that is like seen as kind of okay mm-hmm. but it's like not like everyone sees sexual assault and sexual harassment as like a grope right in our culture or more than that but actually like those boundaries are a lot stronger I think than they used to be and a lot more socially we're a lot more socially aware of these things and like if you know somebody who's like doing that unconsensual behavior too that will get out in like your groups of people and people will be like literally like to some extent like don't hang with that person wow so it was and then you yeah it was like that before covid you're saying this has nothing to really do with covid this is your your generation is just more aware of this physical boundary of the body and more um honoring of that oh yeah i i think like definitely before covid but covid definitely amped it up and i will take into account that like i am in like queer like um you know sf city like people where like most of these people that i'm with like and we all talk about these things very often like most of the people i've been with have been through like some physical or like sexual or emotional trauma and like you know many people in this world you know gotta have quite interesting life to not have one or two or more of those things but most of them have like all of those things. So there is like this very like conscious awareness of that, I think. Yeah. Um, that's another reason for it too. Um, yeah, well, but- I, I think 12 step, you know, those programs are another place where boundaries are, you know, they're learned. And, and again, they're really basic and they're about the individual Um, which is different than people in relationships creating boundaries together. You know, so there's that kind of distinction between what are my personal boundaries and then what are we working on together? Like what is okay for us to, you know, how much connection, how much intimacy, um, you know, that kind of um, level of boundaries, doing them, together like co-creating is kind of a different um Mm -hmm. yeah it's a different that happens sorry i interrupted you no um yeah yeah i think that that is another way of like right co-creating kind of like designer relationships and stuff like that that's definitely another way of like how we design boundaries because right like i was saying like the idea of boundary I really wonder like what who in my life told me that like Sunny you can't have boundaries like that's a problem but um I definitely sense that like you know saying something like harsh and like you know hardlining something seems like hard to do um for me and you know, that's also like, I, I have a fear of people getting upset at me. Um, I have a fear of like being a problem. I have a fear of like messing up. And one of my biggest triggers is triggering other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the worst thing in the world for me that I like die inside. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, that's your brain. When you have a yeah, go ahead, finish. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So when you when I have like a boundary of my own need, there's a chance that it will conflict, I think, with someone else's, maybe. So um that's where like that becomes like a hard thing for me. Where when you're talking about designer stuff, that's more like how we design it, but then like actually implementing these things, boundaries on the body, you know, my mind, my emotions, my you know, my mask, you know, my sexual choices. It's like, it's hard to say them sometimes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and they're not walls. So boundaries aren't, you know, they're fluid, they're movable, they're malleable, they're changeable. And they don't always, you know, it doesn't always have to be, well, you know, I have a boundary around this. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as, um, you know, it's late and I'm tired. Can we talk tomorrow? That's a boundary. You know, someone, you know, if a friend reaches out and it's like, you know, and they want to talk, you know, are you free? Um, I'd love to, but it's late. And can we do it tomorrow? It's simple, but that, but that is a boundary right there. Can I bring up an interesting question about mm -hmm. this? There was a discussion amongst some, there, there's a couple housemates in this house, right? So some of the housemates were in a discussion and um, one person was supposed to be home at a certain time to talk to a landlord and they forgot about the meeting and they've lived there for a long time. Like, Hey, can anybody cover this? Like, I'm not going to be there to meet the landlord. Um, can somebody else do it? And this one person was the only one home. So they were asked if they could step up and do that. And then they like, were like, kind of had like a really big fit about it and got very upset about it. And um, the way they expressed themselves, I'm, I cannot even remember like what they said, but it was very like, it was inappropriate. It was inappropriate and like shaming of the person mm -hmm. who wasn't available. Mm -hmm. And um, then this other person, this other roommate was like, Hey, like we shouldn't be talking like that. Like, you know, like let's try to like not do it in this way. And they're like, Oh, well, now you're, um, you're, what is it called? Like you're, um, trespass you're tone, you're tone deafing me. You're like, you're like trying to, um, delete my tone. You're trying to take away the tone of my voice. You're mm -hmm. trying to take away the emotionality and what I've, these feelings I'm having. And that's an interesting one too. Right. So that's what I'm more trying to focus on because I don't want to get too lost in all the, the stuff about it. Um, yeah. But, but it's more this situation, it, it just brings up for me, like, you know, one is trying to deescalate it. The other one kind of inevitably escalates it in their tone. And, you know, they live together and they are struggling with just like, trying to come to an understanding about it. Mm -hmm. um, and this also like has like COVID relations to it as well, where mm -hmm. like one, you know, a, one of the people there also like COVID is like very um, real for them. And, you know, they're, they take it very seriously and I respect that about them. Mm -hmm. And so like, they've had to quarantine the room before and like, there's been problems with like, you know, it seems like maybe the other person wasn't always doing that. It looked like that as well. So this once again, there's like these, when you're in these tight living situations, 
You can't go anywhere else and you're stuck with these boundaries and they conflict. It just seems really hard. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a, you know, there's a distinction between boundaries and agreements, right? So this feels a little bit like agreements were broken or were not made. Mm -hmm. This, this is a big part of this. Um, which, which really, and, and they work together, you know, I mean, the boundaries work in, in relation to the agreements, like the, you know, the tone, for example, like, um, if, if the other, if that's not okay with the other person to hear that tone, then that person, you know, needs to say, you know, this is not okay with me, but then that person needs to take care of themselves because this other person is, you know, using this tone. So then that person has to, you know, say, okay, well, then I need to leave. I'm going in my room now. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so there's that distinction between have there been agreements? What are they? And then what are the boundaries? And then how to, um, how to, to follow through with the boundaries. And sometimes that means walking away or leaving. Mm Yeah, this is where, you know, and I'm trying to walk kind of forward with this and not get into this too much where, you know, just this person I love very dearly, like their housing has always felt and also like has been for a long time, like, very insecure, and like, very like hard to keep. So it's like this story and this experience of like, you know, constantly, you know, having situations that kind of like, push them out of their housing situation, you know? And then I'm seeing this other story for this other person where like they, they, when they have a feeling they, you know, I think maybe when this other person was younger too, like someone pointed their finger at them, like pointed, 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 and like, you be quiet. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have big feelings like that. And so now this person's like very, like when they have a feeling like they're letting it all out, you know? And I respect like both of those stories and like care for those stories. And so it's just like in times of crisis, when we're, 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 you know, these, the situation sounds really big, but it's like when a world crisis is happening, it feels bigger. But it's, yeah, it's, it's conflict. Right. And in times of conflict, definitely the, the, the tools, the skills are boundaries and agreements. You know, and the thing about boundaries is that, that, you know, maybe it's, it feels like with these two, that it's, it's very much about space. So it's not so much about changing each other, you know, to be more like how they are, but just, you know, taking their perspective spaces so that they can be comfortable and they can be okay. Mm. Yeah. So going to their rooms they're they're in a shared room. Oh, they're in the same room. Maybe they need to yeah, get sort yeah. of screen to divide yeah. or divider. You know, right. so really, it sounds like a sp- actually a spatial boundary. If if it's about you know okay. living space, some sort of curtain or divider where they could really feel like they're this is my safe space, and mm-hmm. this is the other safe space. Yeah. I totally think that'd be helpful too. Yeah. This, yeah, it's, yeah. But that's like, good. I mean, that's a great example of a boundary and, and, you know, you can use it metaphorically too. 
because you know if there's people that are you know relating in such different ways where where they're both uncomfortable then you know how do you work with that and they have to say work together or live together somehow then then creating these boundaries and following through with them and being clear about them is really important it can it can create that safety for both people yeah yeah, I think it definitely starts with like nonviolent communication. <laughs> I think that that is one of the best things in the world. I think that nonviolent communication for something like this, also where there's multiple community members involved, yeah. um, that is one of the best ways to really hone in and like notice what's happening. Because I wonder for this person who's upset, like if it seemed like in certain ways they were describing what was happening for them. They were describing how like they can't help but feel this way. You know, they're like, I feel this way because this, this thing happened. And it's like, they want to just say like how they're feeling, but no one has, you know, really asked them in like a kind way because everyone else is just reacting to what everyone else is doing. We're all reacting to what everyone else is doing all the time. So we don't take the time to like take a pause to actually like revert to stage one, to step one of how are you feeling right now? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not so focused on yourself and you're, you're with the other person. That's empathy, you know, having empathy for the other person. Yeah. And I think um, also throughout COVID, that was just like pretty hard as well. Like our, just with our nervous systems being up higher all the time and having a overstimulating nervous system, like a stressed out body, that is like one of our hardest challenges is being able to go to that step one of how am I feeling? So I understand it. I get it. But it makes a very big difference, I think. It does. You know, and another another element to bring into this, too, is um, often we have we have wounded boundaries because of how we're raised. So we were raised without boundaries or we don't, you know, or we had a parent that didn't respect our boundaries. So sometimes when people are having conflict around boundaries, one of them could be very, you know, have wounded boundaries and not know how to respect another's boundary. So part of that, the way you can recognize that is when people, you know, don't, don't respect a boundary. Yeah, right. They just walk all over it. Because they don't understand it because they don't, you know, they, they were wounded themselves in their own boundaries. Mm. So it's, it's, deep it's complex Mm -hmm. they'll also walk over their own at the same time absolutely yes yes because that having a boundary with yourself often you know like just a simple one like you know i'm not going to eat any i'm not going to eat junk food you know or or someone who's drinks you know i'm not gonna and then breaks that boundary you know i've been drinking too much i'm not going to drink but yet the next day they're out drinking again. The capacity to hold the boundary isn't there. Yeah, I'm totally thinking of like 
so many people that I've cared about who, you know, couldn't really hold their own. I think it, there, there becomes a point in some relationships sometimes where if someone like is just not at the point where they can hold their own boundaries, the way you start articulating and moving your boundaries becomes kind of like the necessary boundaries to hold up like the whole relationship and then eventually that just doesn't work and you leave or the vice versa is you are the one who cannot hold any of your boundaries together and they're the one who can hold it all together and then they leave you it's that perspective of each side of that story that is really painful but is so common to so many people you know it is and 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 i think sometimes that's a result of one person having rigid boundaries where they're not able to move at all and then the other person having like you know too porous like the boundaries just are not so it's really it's a thing it's almost like um, a personality, you know, it becomes a little bit like your, your, your person, not really personality, more of your personhood. It's like your personhood. It's part becomes a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So how you work with boundaries. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I totally had like, one of my bestest friends I my boundary I still like kind of hold it to this day is just like I can't hang out with them I can't be friends with them because you know they hang out or associate with like my abusive Mm ex-partner so in that was such a painful boundary that I like didn't want to uphold that's another one too where you don't want to do it like I'm like god I want to be friends with you man but you're really doing me dirty right now like I and I in a way you can't like as much as I really wanted to be you know their closest person still and take care of them the ways that I did I, I did a lot for them and like support that friendship the the weight eventually of the reality of, you know, a boundary such as that being broken though, it it just, the roots seep into the ground deeper than you can even control them to do, you know? And that, um, and that boundary that you set is, is an honoring of yourself. Mm-hmm. That is an honoring of your, it's not okay with me. It's not yeah. okay. And I'm honoring myself. I'm taking care of myself and honoring. Mm-hmm. Totally hear that. That's a that was a real one. It, it's and it's like I said, it's hard because you just you don't want to do it. And honoring yourself, I think that's another interesting one. It's like, right, having a boundary is honoring yourself. It is honoring what you need, and just through the craziness of these past two years, we've had to put ourselves forward and our needs forward a lot more if we're really paying attention. Like if you're really paying attention to the lot of things that are happening in the world right now, like supporting, you know, the things that are really a part of your heart, your relationships, your, your presence, your consciousness, Mm -hmm. your energy, those are like, 
some of the most important boundaries I think there is right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe that's one of the things that's come out of COVID is maybe we love, we're loving ourselves more. You know, maybe we're, we have learned to care for ourselves because we've had to. And, and without the distractions and, you know, I mean, really care, like the utmost um, quality of care. And, and that is creating this boundary conversation because it's a conversation now it's up in a lot of, a lot of places. Um, so we've learned, you know, COVID and it's still here, but has really has enriched our lives in, in a lot and our relationships in a lot of ways. And at the same time made things harder challenged us in ways that we, you know, may have never been challenged. Honestly, we may have never had to work, do the kind of work, internal work and relational work that we've done the last few years without COVID. I I definitely agree with that. That's a real one. Um, Just because I think it's so... It, it makes people, if, like I said, like if you're paying attention to what is truly like fulfilling your spirit in this time of your life, like you're really noticing the preciousness of it. And there are other things that have happened in our lives that remind us of preciousness. And that can be someone's life or death experience, you know, someone's trip that can be, you know, someone's this or that. But what I think you and I also have wanted to highlight too is this is like a collective experience. This was suddenly our, you know, our whole world was affected by something that we couldn't really stop. And we all had to stop and take care of our bodies and make sure we're all okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole planet literally at the same time was experiencing something. So that collective energy you know, is still pulsing. I mean, it is just pulsing. So the yeah. this this idea of, you know, how we are are connected to each other and and the planet has just, you know, come its full force. Yeah, I think it's interesting that like we definitely, you know, understand like what COVID is and you know about it as a um you know, disease, a virus, right? And I just, I try not to get like too woo-woo with things that are like very important and like very um, factual. Um, But I think in this degree, there's an interesting parallel that I brought up to you before of that, you know, like right before COVID happened, you know, just a bit before there was... um, so much deforestation happening in the Amazon. I mean, and that is our world's lungs. That is one of the main lungs of our planet, our most deepest greenery, our, you know, oxygen dome creator. Yeah, really. So, and then suddenly we're having a lung disease and we're like, oh my God, like how did we get a lung disease when we're, you know, chopping down our own air? And that you know, in doing so are, 
you know, our heat's rising, that increases more mosquitoes, you know, less amphibians killing, you know, mosquitoes, like, with the amphibian extinction, I believe, as of this week since, what was it? Um, Here, let me find this um, great statistic. It is, like, very, very relevant. So the statistic is that animal populations shrank on average of 69% over the last half century. Mm, that's huge. That's a huge statistic. So shrunk by an average of 69% between 1970 to 2018. And I, it's so sad for our bodies when like we feel that I don't know not I don't know if everyone has that kind of animistic feeling that tense up that drop in their heart of like you know that many animals like have like gone extinct and like died Mm -hmm. um as a populace um but it's like I don't know it's we're all just so connected that when you just start killing the things that like support our literally the soil we walk on, I don't know. What do you expect? I mean, I think this was kind of expected. I was just at my age noticing how chaotic the world was at that time already in the States. I was like, when is it going to pop off? And it just kept popping off. And now we're just like, when's the next thing? Yeah, that's at least yeah. what my generation is thinking it's like okay it keeps going the the bar keeps rising it's just gonna keep going and when's the next thing like what are we gonna do better have fun now because it's about to go crazy it's true you know i mean they say that really you know every generation has something you know but but really your generation i don't think any generation has been faced with what you what this generation you know your generation is faced with oh yeah yeah i mean you know this is like life or or death i mean the you know the depression era i mean there have been some intense things but nothing like you know like the extinction of our of life yeah i mean yeah it's um it's been something like it, the funny thing is, is like, it's the same for all of us, like in, in states that do teach about these things, let's get correct there too. Right. Not everybody gets to know this important knowledge too of like, yeah, climate change, real guys don't get it twisted. Um, we've been told since like 2008, 2007, like what, like, you know, seven, eight, six years old, like the same thing, like you got to fix it. It's going to die. Like you got to fix it because those teachers you know, teachers are the ones like really, you know, good teachers, the ones who value, they value life. They want to raise good little stewards, you know? And so they'll tell you, you got to do it. And you're like, okay. And then you get there and you're like, okay, guys, so I can't move out. I need a degree. I don't, I'm going to try. But How can I know. fix the world if I'm still living at home, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I can't even move out. So, oh. um, but anyway, But you are are doing, you are doing, look at, you're here talking about this stuff. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that. You're doing a lot. Is there anything you want to like close with? Yeah, maybe just, you know, I think COVID is is still here. There's still repercussions, reverberations, 
you know, polarized people wearing masks, not wearing masks, vaccines continue. Um, and I think this is going to be a conversation. You know, this is in no way a um, a done conversation. This is an ongoing conversation that we will be in for yeah. who knows how long. I think also it'd be cool if we did, if it felt right at some point, because we don't know like what's going to happen with COVID in the future, right? We are coming up on flu season. We are coming up on, we're in October. So that's another like, you know, weird place to be with like, we're reaching our first other season, flu season with COVID. So I guess we'll keep in touch with like, you know, doing another talk about it if it feels relevant. Um, but also, you know, we're, since we're all experiencing it, we all kind of know a lot of these things about like, I think community is really important. I think engaging in safe community is really important. And the more that we remember our boundaries, being for ourselves and aiming in our best way to show up well and communicating those in a good way, mm -hmm. honestly, the better all of it really gets, I think. Love that. Love that. And yes, and you know, the, the how COVID impacts our relationships. You know, we've seen some, we've talked about some of the negative ways, but how many positive ways too? Yeah. So I agree with those. Thank you for another beautiful conversation. Beautiful combo. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. See you soon. If you would like to join the conversation, please email Dale and I questions at sunny.nwrpodcast at gmail.com relating to anything dating and relationships. Please tune in with us every time we upload for more integrative conversations relating to the self and other. If you are interested in Dale Sparagi's relationship coaching, please email her at dale at creativecorecoaching.com for private coaching sessions. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. We hope you join us next time for New Wave Relationships.